بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله الصمد generally they translate the word samad as the independent samad is one of the names of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however the translation sometimes doesn't do justice to the actual meaning so the mufassirin explained few meanings for the word samad fact, Samad is a very powerful name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If someone understands the word itself, they'll understand that this has got a very, a very deep and a very great meaning to it. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, it is narrated from him that he mentioned that Samad is alladhi yusmadu ilayhi fil hajat. That supreme being to whom you turn to for all your needs. In this dunya, a person will have different needs. And also he will have different challenges. Because this is the dunya. So you will have highs and lows, you will have ups and downs, you will have prosperity, you will have adversity. All these different phases are going to overcome a person in the dunya. And especially a mu'min and a believer... Because the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, مَثَلُ الْمُؤْمِنِ كَمَثَلِ الْخَامَةِ مِنَ الزَّرَى The example of a mu'min is like that of a very weak branch. تُفَيِّئُهَا الْرِيَاحِ The winds move this branch from side to side. تَسْرَعُهَا مَرَّةً وَتَعْدِلُهَا أُخْرَى Sometimes the winds drop it and sometimes they straighten it. So for a mu'min in this dunya, remember, it will be test upon test and trial upon trial. You'll barely finish one test and another test will start. And the closer you become to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the greater the tests are. Because the hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also mentioned, أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ بَلَاءً الْأَنْبِيَاءِ ثُمَّ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ The people will go to the most difficult conditions and tests and trials are the anbiya. ثُمَّ الْأَمْثَلْ فَالْأَمْثَلْ Then those who are closer to the Anbiya and those who are closer to the Anbiya. So in all these tests, you have to constantly be turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the time. For all your needs, all your necessities, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, emotional need. Even if a person is feeling low, he's feeling down, he's feeling depressed, in all circumstances, you need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, already, if you're doing it sincerely, from the bottom of your heart, you will already feel a feeling of solace and peace. Person makes dua, and he cries in his dua. Automatically, when he's finished that dua, although he doesn't know whether his problem is solved or not, he's already feeling peace within his heart. He's already feeling a serenity. He knows, he cried to Allah. He put his case before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He handed his problem over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The burden is off him now. You know, a person is going to a very good specialist. He's got some sickness and he's going to a very highly qualified specialist. And the specialist tells him, just leave it to me, I'll sort you out. I'll give you what you have to be given. I know what medication is required for this. 
already he feels a piece of solace. A person is going to a very high-rated attorney for some problem that he's got. And here he's got a legal problem. And the attorney told him, don't worry, this thing can be sorted out. He's already feeling a peace. He's feeling a solace within himself. Now you're turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah got no limitations. Remember, insan got limitations. When you turn to insan, insan has got limitations. They can do something and they can't do beyond that. They can do to a certain extent. Beyond that, they cannot do. So this is Samad, the one who you're supposed to turn to for all your needs. At every given moment, all the time, you're always turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Small thing also, Allah, you sort it out for me. Allah, you make this thing work out. Oh Allah, you put barakat in this. Oh Allah, you open up the way for me. And you constantly turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's so much of benefit you getting. Because every time you're turning to Allah, you're strengthening your link with Allah. You're strengthening your iman. And you're getting so much of reward. Just for that, even if for some reason, that thing, that, that need is not fulfilled, Allah is going to bless you in some other way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if He doesn't bless you in some other way, on the day of Qiyamah, He will have piles and piles of rewards for you. And you're going to think, where all these rewards came from? I didn't do so many good amal, but then Allah Ta'ala will inform you, all those times, you turned to me, you made dua for me, you, you made dua to me, you asked from me, and I did not fulfill that need of yours. There's all the rewards, I've got it here for you. So you did not get deprived, you did not lose out. Remember a mu'min and a true believer is never a loser. He can never be a loser because he is always winning and he's always gaining. But you have to put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes you don't know what is the plan of Allah. But your work is to just put your trust and leave it to Allah. Allah knows what's the plan. Allah knows what's the outcome. But remember, Allah will never abandon you and Allah will never leave you. In this dunya, people can abandon you. People can let you down. You put your hopes on some insan, some makhluk, someone put their hopes on their friend, someone put their hopes on their wife. Someone put their hopes on someone. But that sometimes, insan can let you down. Insan, they can abandon you, they can deceive you, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never abandon you. So that's one meaning of samad. And Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala, he mentioned the meaning is, Al-Mustaghni an kulli ahad. Al-Muhtaju ilayhi kullu ahad. That there's two parts to it. One is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent of everyone. Remember, Allah doesn't need anyone. Allah doesn't need any prophet. Allah doesn't need any farishta. Allah doesn't need any saint. Allah doesn't need any one of us. Allah doesn't need our ibadat. Allah ta'ala doesn't need us to come to the masjid. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِن تَتَوَلُّوا يَسْتَبْدِلْ قَوْمًا غَيْرَكُمْ If you turn away, Allah will replace you with someone else. And they will not be like you. You leaving the masjid, you think Allah Ta'ala needs you to be here. You are being deprived. In fact, sometimes that is Allah taking you out under different, different pretexts, different reasons now. Something happened, now I can't come to the masjid, and I'm frightened, and I'm worried. That's actually Allah Ta'ala is taking you out. I don't need you here in this masjid. Go from here. Go read wherever you want to read. You don't need to come. This is my house. I will call here those who I select to call. 
you know the king he's got a palace he's not just going to call anyone in his palace he will call people who he loves in that palace so Allah Ta'ala doesn't need us it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's grace that we are here we can never thank Allah sufficiently if from now till Qiyamah you go into sajda and you thank Allah Allah I'm thanking you for you allowing me to come to the masjid you will not be able to do justice to this great ni'mat and favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're making ibadat, when you're taking the name of Allah, Allah doesn't need you. He is allowing you to do that. He is giving you that privilege. He is giving you that honor. He didn't need to give it to you. He could give it to someone else. He can give tawfiq to whomsoever he wishes. Allah gives hidayat in mysterious ways. Today a person can be an arch enemy of Islam and tomorrow he can be a very, very pious person. So al-mustaghani an kulli ahad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is independent. He doesn't need anyone. You know, there's a famous incident of a person that was traveling somewhere with his slave. Maybe he went to the marketplace or something and azan was being given. So the slave asked the master, can you please give me permission to go into the masjid to perform my salah? Master is also a Muslim. The slave is also a Muslim. So he says, okay, go quickly and come out. He's waiting out of the masjid. He's not coming in. Anyway, namaz is over. People are coming out. Slave is not coming out. So from the entrance, from the door, he's screaming, so and so, where are you? What's the problem? What's the matter? Why are you not coming out? I gave you permission to go in. So he says that he is not allowing me to come out. He says, who's that that's not allowing you to come out? The same being who never allowed you to come in. That same Allah who never allowed you to come in. He is giving me such enjoyment and happiness and peace in his ibadat, in his zikr. I read two rakats, I want to read another two rakats. I made one sajjah, I want to make another sajjah. I made dua for five minutes, I want to make for another five minutes. I made zikr for a little while, I want to make some more zikr. That peace that he's giving me, he's not allowing me to come out. So remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need any one of us. We should regard it to be our honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected and chosen us to be in the masjid. And the second part is Al-Muhtaju ilayhi kullu ahad that Allah doesn't need anyone and everyone needs Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true understanding. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.